Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? I'm doing great. So nice to be back here with you again. Absolutely. We were just talking there about your, uh, you bought a 12 pack of chokers on Amazon. For like... No, you got it backwards. I bought a oh. 40 pack of chokers. Whoa! A 40 pack for $12. And I blew every color, every style. I've got it. Amazing. I didn't even know you could buy 40 packs of them. But I, I just wanted to say on on the record, I appreciate the 90s aesthetic that you're bringing here. Because I'm as I've mentioned before, I'm rewatching all of Buffy. So like it is I'm I'm very much in a late 90s mode at the moment. I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing the Max with the big colored backs. That's what I'm uh, that that that's yes. my time period I'm looking at at the moment. I'm just feeling but, your nostalgia. Uh, right let's dive into the show Uh, we're going to be talking about retribution can they be saved here it is luke you're finally back i feel like i haven't seen you in several weeks (laughs) I know, yeah. You've you've had various different co-hosts. You had Adam a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Wrestle Talk last week. So it's actually it's nice for you and I to get back together doing the show. Team officially now, Team Danuk. Uh, it I think is that's, official. Won the poll. Yeah. I can't believe it. We officially have our team name. That's very exciting. Okay. 
So Team Danuk. And speaking of great names, Retribution uh, debuted this week on Monday Night Raw. How's that for a segue? Um, and yeah, so they debuted. We know three of the names, which is T-Bar, Slapjack, and Mace. Um, Russell Votes tweeted, just talked to a source who was in the building last night, said the presentation of Retribution was a major topic of discussion, met with laughter at times backstage. Direct quote, the masks and names are already making the road for these guys impossible to climb. And they also tweeted yesterday that one of the scrapped names for either Mia Yim or Mercedes Martinez was Shatter. That was the name that was offered, but it was it was suggested and thankfully scrapped. They were going to get that name on Monday. So you've talked about this with Sean on uh, the Fightful podcast. Uh, what are you? What were your thoughts on on Retribution's debut on Raw? So first of all, I think I have to say that I think I prefer the name Shatter over T-Bar. I mean, if you think about it, at least Shatter kind of sounds a little bit cool depending on how you say it, you know, like Shatter. I don't know. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's... WWE announcer voice, I guess. Is this there you your go. Real? Shatter. <laughs> I'm thinking if you if you maybe market it good, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm reaching here, okay? I, I think <laughs> right. anything's better than T-Bar. Although I did find out that I didn't know that Slapjack is actually a very inappropriate um like i don't know it's like thing that people say i was reading oh. the urban dictionary on it and i had no idea about this prior it is the sort of thing that sean would use as a segue into a bluetooth read it is uh <laughs> i've been sent that multiple times throughout the week exactly exactly so okay in terms of the names obviously they're not good i mean i think if you were going to come up with some sort of like more violent name i'm sure there's other words that sound more maybe more cool more edgy all of that right and then also i just i don't okay here's the thing with retribution is that people have been mocking the way they look the way they dress the way they've been sounding the way the promos that they have been cutting and all of that but then you go into monday night raw they have their first match and it and they lose in a DQ essentially. And it's like, yeah. man, like they didn't even get their win off their first match and they lose essentially to the hurt business. And so it's just, it's not a good start from for them. I feel like if you were going to try to get them, you know, to really be something to be taken seriously, like it's either got to be, you know, they either got to be really good at the promos. They got to, they got to be sounding legit. There's got to be something that makes us take them seriously. And right now everything's failing from the names to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to, the, to their um, gear, to their everything. Right. So it's like, what do you do with retribution? I think at this point everybody's just like seeing it as a big laugh that that's it it's it's i mean we had quite the show on monday uh, on tuesday rather when me and pete reviewed it because it was just like it was met with so much laughter the comment section were in tears over the names like <laughs> me and pete just every now and again we just kept breaking into laughter whenever we had to say slapjack got into the ring you know slapjack was being beaten up by bobby lashley did mace caused the dq like it, it, they are I, I'm nearly 35 and I thought like I'm too <laughs> old for this. I'm too old to be talking about Slapjack. And yeah, it's not had the best reception from fans this week. As you say, like I think a lot of people have been making fun of it and they have got an uphill climb on their hands. And you hit the nail on the head for me. Having them lose their first match via DQ is not the best way to get started because what you had is the WWE want to push retribution, but they don't want the hurt business to lose. 
So they booked them in a match, booked themselves into a corner and just like, right, what do we do? We'll do it as a DQ. And it was the lamest DQ as well. Like Dio Madden, Mace, sorry. Just like he punches Bobby Lashley when he's not the legal man. And the referee's like, well, that's enough for me. Call for the bell, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't even anything where you're like, oh my God, that was such a great finish. No, it wasn't. But here's the thing when this is like, this is, I get trying to protect the Hurt Business and all of that. They've been doing great work every week on Raw and all of that. I get it. But retribution is supposed to be like this new badass, you know, group coming into the, you know, coming into the promotion and like ruining everything, right? So you would think that maybe they would get a win, they would go savage, just something, right? To like maybe at least sort of get more momentum going on there for them. And we just didn't get that. So now it's sort of like, okay, they came in, people laughed, and now they're slotted and they're, you know, they're, they're just, they're slotted into, I'm not going to take them seriously right now. Because they they yeah. didn't win. Nothing nothing's working right now. It's unfortunate though. Yeah, like if you wanted to do the DQ win, a way around this could have been just having all of their cronies, like the the retribution, the B team essentially, that just sort of come down in the mask, or the other NXT guys, just have them come in and beat up, and you can put over on commentary. This was never about winning the match. This was just about sending a message to the hurt business. If you really didn't want to beat the hurt business and you wanted to give retribution something, do that as opposed to Dio Madden just going bop. DQ. Exactly. And it's not even like the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business could have taken the loss, okay? They have been doing a lot each and every single week, so it's not like it was really going to take anything away from them. And you then add on the complications. So if you didn't see Quizzlemania this past uh, Wednesday, folks, the end of Quizzlemania basically broke down because we had a super chat in about retribution. And all of a sudden, we all just started asking questions. And chiefly, chief among those questions is why were they given contracts b the, that's the, the contract... big question Luke. that's the big one that's the magic one b why were they given contracts that allow them to do anything when they already do were doing anything that they wanted c why did they accept these contracts when the thing that they hate the most are the people that are under contract at wwe like you're now under contract at wwe you're part of the whores that are taking the money right like that's you're now part of this machine also you were in nxt before so you were already under wwe contracts that's what i'm saying it doesn't make sense okay at least maybe do the they, they could have even because they're not acknowledging really that these are you know nxt former nxt people they're not really acknowledging that so it's almost like we have to pretend that we don't know that so in that being said like like you said if they're coming in and they hate the company and they want to ravage everything why sign a contract and if if anything it should be like Either they could have gone to one of two ways, right? They could have forced to get gotten themselves a contract. So that way the company wouldn't look silly for, you know, getting these savages on their roster or two, they could have been offered a contract for, I don't know what reason. And they could have ripped it apart and said like, we're not going to join this corporation. I just think that, you know, they could have gone either of two ways with that, but it's just, it's, it's interesting because one of the things that I did say on the raw post show is that there has to be an explanation. Cause we just can't pretend that we don't know these people. We just can't pretend that we haven't been seeing them on NXT. We have to at least be like, Hey, this is the reason why Mia Yim is now, you know, in retribution like this was the reason why she you know decided to join same thing for Dio Madden and so on I feel like there has to be some sort of explanation and if not then we just have to pretend like we didn't know them before 
So to bring us to the question, can this group be saved? I am going to give some credit here to Dijak, to Dio Madden, and to uh, Shane Thorne, because I feel like they've been trying this week. They've now changed their names on to Twitter, which means they've lost their blue check marks. And they, like, Dijak posted up yesterday, six hours ago, in fact. Uh, this is a tweet he put out, and you'll like this because it's one of your friends. Uh, our mission is to destroy WWE, and we will do, and we will be doing so by laying waste to every single superstar, past and present. The only exception is X Pac, because X Pac is an outstanding name. Retribution. I saw that, and Sean retweeted it. And he was like, "Hey, if you need anything, DM me." I couldn't stop cackling. I was like, "That." I'm sorry, but that was a very, very random tweet. That's how that felt. I was like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I read it like five times. I even made sure to see if this was a legit account. I was like, I, "Okay, who's making a joke here?" Yeah, I did the same thing. Like this morning, I, I I saw it this morning, and I was like, okay, I need to double check this. And I was like, oh, they've got like thirty odd thousand followers, but I'd have thought that apparently no, it's it's them. And the other thing as well, yesterday when Brian Alvarez put up the AEW NXT ratings, all, Mace T Bar and Slapjack all replied to it with the raw rating, and but like crediting it to themselves. So like Shane Thorne like uh, commented saying Slapjack one million six hundred and sixty seven thousand viewers to say that we're doing better viewings than AEW and NXT. That's hilarious. You know what? If they're gonna take this route of being like you know just funny on on social media, dude, why not do it? I mean, at this point, just have a good time with it, and maybe they could turn it around. I mean, right now I'm feeling a little hopeless. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm taking <laughs> for what it is. Like I'm taking retribution for you know to give me a couple of laughs here and there because you know we all laughed at Slapjack, T-Bar, Mace. We had a few laughs, so that's what I'm taking retribution as, and I. Did laugh with their tweets, and I didn't see the one that you said that they left Brian Alvarez. So now, um, so now it makes me like even appreciate their social media antics even more. This is it. Like when I was going through like the replies then to Slapjack and Mason and T Bus tweet, everyone is kind of like, okay, this is making me like Retribution. This is making me like it. And like uh, Dijak's been on a tear this week making reference because everyone said you look like Bane. So he like, you know, found like the Wikipedia yeah. page of Bane and said like, I'm way taller than this guy. I'm nowhere near like Bane. This is an insult to me. Like they're, they're listening to the criticisms of that. And I, I mean, I think they were probably going to be very aware of the criticism they were going to get. And they're kind of like getting in on the joke in a way. And I yes. think that might be a way to turn the crowd around to them because they'll, yeah, like you say, they'll see the social media antics and be like, at least they're having a crack with it. They're having a laugh with it at least. Yeah, and at least you won't have to, like, you you won't hate them. Like, you hate people less when they're, like, you know, in on the joke with you and whatnot. But, however, I do have a question for you, Luke, because are we are we hypocrites because our name is danuke is that <laughs> as silly as slapjack or are we are we a little bit more more above on the scale here because i think our name is cool but hopefully we're not on the slapjack t-bar level D denise we put it to the people we asked the people what they wanted to call us and that's what they gave us uh, I, we can't take any blame for Team Danuk. That that's true. There you go. Yeah. It is what it so, uh, is. It is what it is. So, yeah, can Retribution be saved? In a way, maybe. Like, they have got an uphill climb here. But I think if they can have some, like, if they have a really good match at a pay-per-view, like, if they get put into a six-man tag against, uh, I don't know, like, if you put them in there against uh, Apollo Crews, Ricochet, and Ali, just sort of, like, I'm thinking of three people that have been hanging out recently. You put those three together and it's 
three baby faces versus three members of retribution and they go out there and they have this killer like you know like the shields debut match where they just go out there and have these amazing amazing matches that might be the way to turn people around on them to be like okay like the gimmick sucks the name sucks the look sucks but you know what they're having great matches and that's at least something and here's the thing, there's actually another plus side. So in terms of Dio and Dijak and Mia Yim, for example, like all of these, all of these people, like how do you know where their position had they gone to Raw even have been? Like they probably wouldn't have even been a focal point. Like we don't, we don't know that for sure because they're not, there's so many other people that you can say like would have stood out more or would have done more. So I guess in a way this is sort of a plus for them personally because you know they're getting to go on Raw and you know, yeah, they're trying out this crazy gimmick but at least they're getting work and they're getting TV time. So I did try to look at, try to look at it in that perspective to see like hey if they weren't on retribution like realistically what were we going to expect from them if they were to ever go up to the main roster or to raw you're absolutely right on that one and the the plus side to this to take a real positive stance on this today that's what team danuk <laughs> is all about is taking the positive stance on things is they're great workers Mercedes Martinez rocks. Like, she's great. Mia Yim rules. Dijak is awesome. Like, you've got... Shane Thorne's great. You've got, like a, you've got, like, a really good group of people. Unfortunately, I've not seen a lot of Madden, so I, I don't know, you know, how he is, but I, I can't imagine he's terrible. So you've got a solid group of wrestlers who can go out there and have good matches. That's the positive for this. They have been... They've, they've been hampered with bad names and a bad look, but... If they can go out there and have a killer 20-minute match with a group of other people, then I think they're going to do okay. And I, I, I kind of speculate as well. I think we may get our first ever intergender Survivor Series elimination match because we've got five members of Team Retribution. If you're doing Retribution versus Team WWE for Survivor Series, that would be that's something that's a bit unique. That's something different. And WWE is always looking for something that is different and unique at the moment, whether that is eye for an eye, whether that is gold rush whether it is you'll never see it coming they're looking to get things to hook people in and that could be a way to hook people in no it's really cool i i think that some people would think that it that it's that it's really cool i was gonna say it really could and then i said it's really cool <laughs> um so i kind of just rolled with it on there but no seriously i do think that people would take that and see it as something awesome to you know watch mm -hmm. wwe may be wrong but a broken clock is right twice a day denise <laughs> Man, so did you know that saying as well? I, I did know that saying, yes. Oh my God, I didn't know that saying at all. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, I knew that. I knew that. I'm thinking, God, I'm so out of the loop here. <laughs> I need to like be like part of like the cool kids team and like know what people <laughs> are really saying because I always feel like I'm out of everything. But I guess in conclusion, we have hope <laughs> for retribution. There is always hope out there. Um, right, moving on to the AEW NXT ratings for this week. Dynamite got 835,000 viewers with a 0.32 rating in the all-important 18 to 49 demographic, with NXT getting uh, under 700,000 uh, for the first time in a while, with 696,000 viewers, 0.18 rating in that same demo. So that's a drop of about 50,000 for AEW from the previous week, and obviously a big decrease from the million that they did two weeks ago. And uh, NXT was basically the same, dropped back by 7,000. Um, for a, and a point 18 last week so um 
Yeah, it, it, I thought that AEW was a solid show yesterday, as was NXT. Uh, I'm really excited about Kyler Riley um, going in for like Kyler Riley versus Finn Balor. I'm all in for that. Uh, what did you make of both shows? So first of all, with Kyle O'Reilly, I wasn't expecting him to win. And at the beginning, I wasn't really feeling him to be like the winner of it all. But then afterwards, I feel like he made me change my mind because I thought his performance was really good. So I did enjoy that. Um, I thought NXT was just, you know, back to back matches. Uh, I didn't like the tag match. I was a little bit uh, I was a little bit bored for that one. The Women's Battle Royal, I thought, had a few good spots, but overall was just a little bit slow. I was expecting actually a little bit more. If anything, I thought Casey Cantanzaro was probably um, one of the standouts besides, you know, Shotzi. Um, and then I did enjoy Tomasa Ciampa and uh, Jake Atlas. I thought that was a good match. I thought that they both worked at a, at a really good speed together, so I did enjoy that. And then for AEW, I did think that the show – I thought the show was fine. It was a little bit more slow than some of their previous shows, but as we know, they're, you know, they had to make do with what they had. I was hoping I had higher hopes for the Eddie Kingston, uh, John Moxley match. I didn't think it was that great. So I kind of did feel a little bit like, uh, about it, but me and man, Eddie Kingston, I can't put him over enough as everybody else. Like this guy is probably like maybe aside from like MJF and Jericho is one of those people that when he seriously goes on the mic, like it doesn't even feel like he's scripted, doesn't even feel like he's got bullet points, none of that. Like he just goes out there and he just talks, man. And I actually loved the Jericho MJF backstage segment where they were like, you're great. No, you're great. And then they kind of went off from there. I thought that was pretty creative. And um, I'm trying to think what else I liked. I thought I thought that Miro looked great, but it, he doesn't feel as big of a deal on the show, I think, as maybe we might have presumed. But he did look phenomenal, so I am excited to see where they go from that. I actually thought Brody Lee was one of my favorite people on the show, though, mm -hmm. because I thought he was one of the most consistent, and I really, really like his character and what they're doing with him. So I thought he did great. I thought I thought uh, Sunny Kiss looked great, and yeah, that was about my yeah. rough thoughts. <laughs> I, I thought uh, Brody Lee's promo on Cody uh, to put over the dog collar match, I thought was incredible. And yeah, like, I, I can't say enough good things about Eddie Kingston at the moment. Dude is just, like, amazing my my big takeaway from aew like you like i wasn't i was so excited for the the kingston moxley match and i didn't quite get what i wanted out of it because it was a tv match and there was a lot of it was taking place in the ad break and it kind of felt like it's they, they wanted to have this big g1 match they did the big new japan no cells and everything like that but they didn't have the time to do it my big takeaway for it though and my plus is it's not over yet like you know, yes beat down afterwards with the lucha brothers so at least there's hope that we're going to get more of Moxley and Kingston, which I'm absolutely all for. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Um, right, let's jump into the Patreon mailbag. If you want to submit a question for the Patreon mailbag for me and Denise, all you've got to do is head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and donate at any dollar amount. And then you'll be able to leave a uh, message in the community tab. Don't email me. I will just lose it. And we're running a special Denise this week while I'm in charge. Maybe canceled by next week when Mr. Davis comes back, but I'm in charge this week. We are offering an annual Patreon pledge. And if you donate and if you pledge annually, decide the tier you want and pledge annually you'll get one month free that's right 11 months for the sorry 12 months for the price of 11 that's you get an extra wrestle talk extra and wrestle talk after dark which we are recording this afternoon so what a time to get involved that's Um, awesome that's a great special exactly yeah see i'm a man of the people uh brian heath uh has uh messaged in to say has there been any positive um we can take away from the covid era of wrestling i'm gonna say banks and bailey that's been my favorite thing on wwe at least i think i've I've, I've really enjoyed them 
Yeah, I think so too. And it's funny because I was taking, I took this question as like two different ideas. Like I had the, I had one that was generic and one that was more storyline. So the generic one is I'm surprised at how much can actually get done without like any audiences or like any of that, you know, just like the fact that they were so quick to come up with the Thunderdome and all of these, you know, different promotions coming up with these different things. But in terms of more specific, in terms of programming, I would say, the cinematic matches, as long as they're not super overused, those, you know, we've gotten some great ones, Stadium Stampede, Money in the Bank, uh, Boneyard, Firefly Funhouse, and those were the ones I liked. And then uh, I would say Randy Orton's work as well, everything that he's done with Edge and, you know, even now with Drew McIntyre, I think that has been pretty good. And then uh, Roman's heel turn, I think, was a positive from this COVID era. And I would say that those would be the big ones for me. Yeah, I think certainly to look at it from inside our bubble, because obviously, like, there's very few positives, particularly like this week, because there's been like all the day outbreak stories that we've had, like within NXT and AEW, that like it's hard to like say that there's positives about wrestling carrying on. But to kind of look at it from within inside that wrestling bubble, uh, I mean, man, wrestling, what a, what a bizarre little sport it is. You know, it's the only sport that's belligerent enough not to stop during a pandemic. I, I remember when this was like earlier during COVID, when the whole story came out where I think where Florida or the governor deemed WWE essential. Essential service. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And like all my family that doesn't even watch wrestling or know anything about it, like friends, you name it, coworkers, everyone was like talking to me about it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like one of the few rare times where people that don't know anything about wrestling or anything about anything are chiming in and giving in their two cents. And, you know, with something that I can't, you know, stepping out from a fan's perspective, you can't really defend it, but stepping into a fan's perspective. Yeah, you could defend it, but it, it was pretty interesting though. Oh, totally. Like it's, what i've seen like spoken to like family members or like friends and stuff and you know the question was like how's how's lockdown been for you have you still been working this you know that and everyone's been like oh man like how have you been doing because surely the wrestling stopped i'm like oh no no it's still going on like they're, they're doing live shows every single week and i was like what they're like what the heck is going on there and it's so weird because sometimes you think that because you know so much about wrestling you're so into this world that everyone knows it and the truth is that, that that's not the case it's like you're so you don't i didn't realize what in a wrestling bubble sometimes i can get until i step out and talk to other people that aren't fans and it trips me out like i remember i went to breakfast real quick story with my cousin and her boyfriend and we were me and my me and my fiance were talking about new japan and they were like oh what is that we we're like oh it's japanese wrestling and their response was there's wrestling in japan and i couldn't <laughs> believe it i was shocked i just looked at my fiance and i was like oh my god what is this it was so <laughs> weird but it's the truth though some people yeah. really just don't know no you're absolutely right like i i didn't know I, I didn't take that for granted or rather i have taken that for granted i don't know if i've like spoken to any family members if they would also know that there is wrestling outside of like the US and the United Kingdom. Like I, you know, whenever I talk to like my my father-in-law, he always brings up like, you know, Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, uh, the, the you know, the, 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 he always, the, the world of sports, 60s and 70s era of, of UK wrestling. And I'm like, yeah, nope, it, it's still going. It, it's still going. <laughs> uh, Undertaker is still wrestling this that, and the other. Like that, that's always the thing. But yeah, I don't think, if I'd have mentioned to someone, oh, I was, when I was in Japan last year, oh, I'm going to go see a, a Japanese wrestling show where they were going like, 
is there wrestling there too? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And even just like, I'm sure your dad has a different opinion of wrestling back in the day to wrestling now, because that's kind of how it is for my family. Like they see Mexican wrestling as the real wrestling, like the real stuff, like the old school generation, you know, that know like all your legendary luchadores and all of that. And they see the American stuff as the fake stuff. And I'm just like, all right, sure, whatever. I'll let you think that. But it's very interesting to see how like older generations view pro wrestling and from from their day and how they view it from now modern day wrestling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we a, a proud pedigree here of uh, British wrestling fans, which was old ladies in the front row with their purses, and they would try and like hit the wrestlers with their purses because they were the bad people, the bad boys. Um, anyway, right, moving on. Matthew Makovsky uh, says, uh, last week's show was about Tessa Blanchard. Of course, the first thing that people do is come up with dream matches that they can have. So let's say you're booking a match that has huge star power. Name one to three from each brand um, uh, in the AEW and WWE. Uh, is there a limit on how many questions you can ask a week? I've got one later on. Yes, Matthew, we'll try and do just one question a week in the mailbag. Uh, I know you're new to this game. But yeah, so like if you're trying to book a dream match of star power quality, I would say it's got to be something like the Elite versus Team WWE. So if you had like... Um, I suppose like, they want it to be specifically in WWE. It's hard then. You've got to try and build like the biggest match possible with just based on star power. Which is, I feel hard because, yeah, go on. I feel like they've done most of them. Yeah, <laughs> But right. if anything, maybe uh, Rock Roman? Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest match we can get. Like I was thinking of, you know, Austin versus someone. If you could bring Austin back for a match, like that's that's kind of it. But you're right. Like Rock Roman, I think is like that's big star power if you because we've already done rock cena so if you can't do austin cena rock roman i think is probably the biggest star power match you they've got on the table and then maybe uh aj triple h hmm? would that yeah, be considered a... superstar power i'm not sure i'm not sure it's, it's i, I want to see it but uh I'm i would want to see it too so I, <laughs> I think it depends on the person you're asking <laughs> yeah. Uh, Flaming Live says, I've been thinking about WWE versus New Japan, and I came up with these matches. Tanahashi versus The Miz, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Bryan, Suzuki versus Brock Lesnar, Ibushi versus The Brian Kendrick, as a uh, Cruiserweight Classic rematch, Osprey versus Ziggler, and Akada versus Triple H. Uh, taking out the politics, backstage real-life dramas, go uh, straight with in-ring talent. Who do you think could win those matches? It's a hard question to ask that, uh, Flaming. Um... Like, that's a good question they, i like that because question like, because like based on in-ring talents because it, it, i'm trying to work out whether you want this as a real thing or is this like a kayfabe thing because you've still got to do like whatever you do it's got to have backstage politics and stuff in there because if it's just based on in-ring talent then i'm picking all of the new japan guys to win like i think okada should beat triple h uh osprey should beat ziggler abushi should be kendrick suzuki should uh maybe lesnar should be suzuki Zach to beat Brian and Tanahashi. No, I would say Suzuki definitely beats Brock Lesnar. For sure. Yeah. No one does badass like Suzuki. No one. Yeah. And no then one the wrestling granddad. What because I do agree with you in the sense of all the New Japan beating the WWE guys, but what were the matches again? So we've got Tanahashi versus Miz. Definitely Tanahashi. Yep. Zach Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Bryan. I would go with Daniel Bryan because I know that it doesn't matter because Zack Zach Sabre Jr. would still give him a hell of a match. So I'll switch it up there. Yeah, I can't bet against uh, Zach on that one. Suzuki versus Brock. Suzuki. Ibushi versus Kendrick. Ibushi. Osprey versus Ziggler. 
Osprey. And Akata versus Triple H. I feel Triple H would win <laughs> if it was based on <laughs> politics, but based on wrestling, then I would say Okada. So yeah, uh, you take whatever yeah. you want from that. Uh, Robert Ray says, uh, hope all is well. I've got a, I've asked a similar question before, but it's been about a year since I've asked it. Um, and we've got Denise on, so I'd like to hear your answer to this. If you could travel the road for one year with two WWE stars, male and female, who would you pick? For me, I'd pick Drew and Dakota, but a close second would be Woods and Liv, as I think traveling with them would be a laugh. We just talk wrestling, and I'm all for getting some wrestling stories. So yeah, who would you like to go on a road trip with for a year? Do you have yours already? Have you answered I mean, this one yet? Well, Woods is always like number one for me because I just like me and, uh, me and Xavier Woods. If I was friends with Xavier Woods, we've got very similar interests. So I think that we can, we'll always find topics of conversation to talk about. Also, I think he'd just be a really nice guy uh, to travel the road with. I think my choice is like about a year ago when we asked this question might be the same now, which is Xavier Woods and Ember Moon. Again, oh. because we've got very similar interests. And I think the, the three of us together would just have a, a right old shuckle. Wait, what interests do you have that are similar to Ember? We're all into D&D. We're all big into Dungeons & Dragons and role-playing games. Uh, oh. And yeah, em Ember's a big D&D &D nerd. So uh, I think, yeah, we could just basically just talk about D&D &D for hours. Oh, man, I'm so out of the loop on that. I don't know anything about that. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, okay, for a, for a female... I would probably go with Alexa Bliss because I just think she's so she's so cute and she's so cool. And I think she likes pop music from what I've read on her tweets. So I feel like we would get along in that sense. And she's a Disney fan. I'm not a huge Disney fan, but I can go to Disney. <laughs> I can hang out. Uh, you know what? I would also throw in Charlotte Flair. I just think mm -hmm. she's so cool that I feel like that's somebody that I would want to associate myself with just so that, <laughs> I, you know, some of her greatness can rub off on me, you know? Um, and then in terms of the guys, I would probably go with Triple H because I want to see how busy his schedule is. And mm -hmm. then for fun, I would go with Braun Strowman to see how much he really eats because I interviewed him and I asked him how much he eats for breakfast and I want to know if everything he said was true or not. So that's the say? only reason. Oh my God, he listed like every single breakfast item ever imagined. And uh, I'm during the interview, Triple H was standing right next to him. He turns around and Triple H was doing another interview. He turns around, joins our interview and says, I'm not paying for that catering bill. <laughs> Yes, like I can't even tell you everything he said because he said so much, like every food item that you can imagine. Alexa Bliss is a really good answer as well. I didn't think of I didn't think of Bliss because we kid like I'm, a, I'm I like Disney. I'm a bit of a Disney kid, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a Disney Plus subscriber. And also, mine and Bliss have got this. We've got the same favorite Disney movie, uh, a, a goofy movie. So we could just basically just nerd out uh, about that for hours. Oh, and our truth too. I would want to travel with him because he seems like a fun person. Yeah, I mean, his quiz show on the network is actually, it's pretty great. Like, I, I think the, the best round on that is taking, making people go around to their house and like grab various items from sort of like their wrestling past. That's genuinely very funny. It's a good one. Yeah, I, I liked his episode with uh, Jeff Hardy. Well, I've watched all of them, but I thought the one with Jeff Hardy made me laugh like so hard. 
Um, Chris Smith says, how do you feel about commentators calling attention to young wrestlers paying homage to past stars? On NXT, we've seen Damian Priest dressed like Razor Ramon, Bronson Reed dressed like Bam Bam Bigelow, Tegan Knox used Kane's chokeslam on Io Shirai. I'm uh, oh, sorry, Andy Io Shirai used the 619. Personally, I'm fine with wrestlers paying tribute to their heroes, but it bothers me slightly when the commentators bring it up. I hate to sound like Jim Cornette, but it hurts kayfabe when they do it. They feel like uh, less stars and just marks. Again, let me reiterate, I am fine with wrestlers paying homage to their heroes. I would just prefer if the commentators didn't bring it up. I'm willing to be in the minority, but what do you guys think? I like the fact that he's like, I don't want to be Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah, there's one good lesson in life is don't be like Jim Cornette. You know what? I feel like we all kind of have a little Jim Cornette inside of us. You know what? Oh, just a little one. <laughs> That's like, I don't like this. Um, you know what? Honestly, though, in terms of his question, though, I don't think it's anything bad because I know it's something that's done in sports a lot. Like you'll see basketball players play, pay, pay, playing, paying homage to, you know, guys like Kobe Bryant. And I don't think that it takes away from and I don't think it takes away from, you know, showcasing who your heroes are. I mean, look at how many times Sasha Banks, you know, does things in honor of Eddie Guerrero. And so there's so many different examples of that. So I don't see it more as like, oh, they're being like fanboys or fangirls. I see it as like, you know what? This was my this was my favorite wrestler or one of my favorite wrestlers. He's a freaking legend. And I want to apply that into my wrestling career. So that's how I'm going to see it. Yeah, and I think it's good, especially for the commentators. I, the reason why I think the commentators do it is to explain to an audience who may not understand uh, why they have done this certain thing. So I, I, I get it. I, I get why commentators do it. I also get like you know what Chris is saying that it does make them feel like marks rather than wrestlers. But uh, I think that this is something that's been done over the years. You know, for the last, I, th I think probably the Attitude Era stars have had moments where they have paid homage to the wrestlers that came before them. So yeah, I, I personally don't have a problem with it, Chris. A different Chris has got a question. Chris Duncan, uh, with the rumors that Bobby, La uh, sorry, Bobby Roode is returning soon, probably going to Raw. Do you think they'll reunite him with Ziggler, or do you think they may use his absence to fuel a feud between the two? If I'm Roode, I want to be sort of far away from Ziggler. Um, not like anything against Dolph or anything, but I just feel like him being away for so long, this is now the time to kind of like refresh the character and maybe even bring back that NXT glorious Bobby Roode that we haven't really had on the main roster. And Raw is lacking in main event heels or top level heels. Maybe this is the time to repackage him and, you know, bring him back into the fold in a big way. See, I think you have more hope than I do. I see him more as... He's been slotted. I don't think he's going to come back to a major monster push. I don't see right. it happening. I mean, if it didn't happen when he was like, you know, the glorious thing was so freaking hot. I mean, I don't know what would do it now. I feel like, yeah, he would come back, get excited, and then they would just kind of go back to where he was. Um, so maybe I could see him resurfacing something with Dolph, especially because there's not really anything that Dolph's doing right now. He's sort of just floating around. And actually, do you know what? To kind of go back on my answer as well, because you're absolutely right. Like, there's I, I had a fantasy booking myself into like, yeah, he's going to be like in the main event picture. But Raw doesn't have tag teams at the moment. You know, we've uh, what's the match this coming Sunday for the tag titles, Denise? It's why am I blanking? I was, I was blanking on the match. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so you should, we've seen it so many times over the past eight weeks oh yes there you go exactly how can i forget i've already seen it and it's funny because you didn't even have to say it. like my mind just like drew a blank and then you said oh you've seen it some okay yeah i get it yeah yeah, yeah it's friggin profits versus andrade and angel gaza again this is the I'm match so that we excited. were <laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to be match of the year. Match that we've been having basically since WrestleMania. Um, yeah, so I think Raw could actually do with some more tag teams in there. Dwayne the Gronk Johnson said, uh, what's your favorite Vince McMahon uh, backstage story that you've ever heard? Uh, I've told my favorite one a fair number of times on this podcast. So I was wondering if you have any. Um, I don't have a specific one, but I do have something that I think is very interesting was that I heard that Vince doesn't like when people sneeze in yeah. front of him because you can lose your job. <laughs> So yeah. I, I think I think any stories like that where like you find out like things he doesn't like, I think are pretty interesting. So the sneezing thing really like I, I kind of agree with him. I don't like people sneezing next to me, but I'm not going to fire them. Yeah, because he um, apparently for Vince, it's it's a sign of weakness. It's your um, like he like, one of my other favorites is that he refuses to grow a beard because he doesn't want to let it win. Like, like he, because he, he, he's a bit of a control freak by all accounts. So if a beard grows out, that means the beard is winning. So that's why he shaves it down because he can't let the beard win. Um, the sneezing thing is because it's he hates sneezing because he can't control that. And uh, Paul Heyman tells the story that he was giving him the six month plan for SmackDowns when Paul Heyman was in charge of SmackDown, um, you know, like 15 years ago, being like, here's my big six month plan for it. And he would like had Vince in the palm of his hand. Then Vince sneezed. And Paul was like, and after that, I lost him because he was just really annoyed at himself that he sneezed, that he wasn't listening to the rest of my pitch. That's just so insane. I mean, think about how many times you probably sneeze in a week. And then there's people that sneeze like in double. So if you sneeze once, you go twice. If you sneeze three times, you go four times. Is that you? I am that guy. Like this morning, I had a sneeze fit of like six in a row. What do you do? You're walking down the hall. You're working at WWE. Vince is coming and you're about to have a sneeze attack. What do you do? I have yeah. a plan. I already have a plan. You know what my plan oh, yeah. would be? I was, I was telling this to my fiance. This is a joke, by the way. I was, I would just throw myself into the nearest garbage chute so no one would see me. And if someone sneezes, he won't know that it's me. Okay, because I will be in the garbage hiding. What I mean, it's a flawless plan, Denise. I can't see anywhere going wrong. I can't see anyone. anything going wrong with my plan whatsoever. There's no other plan. What do you do? Um. So. My other favorite Vince story, I will tell this one again because it, I, it's genuinely, it's a brilliant encapsulation of Vince McMahon. Gerald Briscoe and, Jer and Jim Ross were in a car and Jim Ross farted and it smelled so bad that Gerald Briscoe threw up. Vince heard this story and it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. So he then spent the entire day trying to fart next to Gerald Briscoe to make him throw up. And he tried so much that he crapped his pants and then had to go out and do a segment. That is, I didn't know that one. I can't even, it seems so outrageous that you like wonder like how factual is this, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But I can see, I can imagine it. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but like, wow. yeah. I mean, what, what a guy Vince McMahon is. Whenever <laughs> I think of Vince, my instant memory is uh, it's the Royal Rumble, uh, the 2006 one, when he runs down to the ring at the, the, the botched ending with Cena and Batista, slides into the ring, breaks both of his quads, and then just like shuffles himself into the corner and carries on like nothing has happened and yeah. is just shouting at them, just continuing this promo. It is, um, yeah, it's nuts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. RLT Sandwich has got some uh, crazy predictions um, for, you know, with crazy stipulations. Are we going to get a ladder match for the custody of Aaliyah? God, can you imagine that? I, I, I mean, we already had one for Dominic. 
But for Aaliyah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Callum says, as of writing, we've had two days of the G1. It's been great so far. Abushi versus Takada and Ishii versus Suzuki were amazing. Is there any match that you're looking forward to? What's your predictions for the final? Mine is Naito and Osprey. Um, we've both got the same winner prediction here. We've both got a Bushi dancer to win, even though the kids yeah. are 2 at the moment. I've st I think he's going to have the comeback story of the G1. I think so too, because he's still my pick and hasn't changed. But seriously though, uh, okay, so I've only watched night one so far, so I'm behind. But uh, I just thought that Ishii Suzuki was the most entertaining match that I've seen all year across any promotion. It was awesome. Um, I enjoyed, uh, I also, you know what? I wasn't expecting to enjoy Will Ospreay and Takahashi. And I did kind of enjoy that one. I wouldn't call it like the greatest match ever or anything like that, but I thought it was good. So I did like, uh, you know, night one, I thought Jay White looked phenomenal. Um, and then in terms of the upcoming matches, I am looking forward to, I'm looking at the cards that, that I'm looking forward yeah. to Jay White, Abushi. I'm looking forward to that was a yeah, that was a really good match, actually. Jay White, yeah, done from night three. See, I haven't even seen it yet, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then I'm trying to see what else I want to see. Naito, Zack Saber Jr., I haven't seen yet. I want to see that as well. So there's still a lot of things that I need to catch up with. Yeah, the, the match that I'm, I've actually is coming up on it's, I think it's not the next night coming up i think it's the night after actually it might be this coming sunday's um uh night which is osprey versus um shingo takagi which i think is going to be awesome and that that night is headlined by akada versus jay white so like there's you know so much history between those two i think that's going to be really great also on that night is abushi versus tomohiro ishii and jeff cobb versus minoru suzuki by the way block a is stacked like block a is yeah. so so stacked there's lots of amazing stuff coming up and we're doing live coverage of it over on wrestle 2 with tempest i was there for the uh the the day three or night three rather uh live stream on wednesday with the uh yeah just amazing stuff i really enjoyed that uh, main event between abushi and jay white that was really really good um ket says is there any wrestling show in the past that you wish you could have attended and have had front row seats for which one would it be you know, I've been to every like major pay-per-view, but live, but I've never experienced a Royal Rumble live ever in my Ooh. life. We don't have them here often here in LA. They don't happen. I think the last one was like, I don't know, like early 2000s and it was in Fresno, which now I regret like not going. And so I've been missing out and I've never been able to experience a live Royal Rumble. I've never done the counting none of that so i would do a royal rumble for sure is there any royal rumble in particular from the past that you uh, would have liked to have gone to this one's like old but i would have liked to have been there when benoit won mm -hmm. yeah the 2000, I, yeah because yeah. Yeah, that one was the one where i just remember freaking out completely and obviously back then it was, you know, everything was okay. And it was you know, okay to like Benoit. Yeah, everything was okay. And, you know, Benoit was my favorite wrestler back, one of my favorite wrestlers back then. So that moment was really great. So I think I would have liked to have been there for that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've answered this question before, but it's all in. I'd have loved to have been here. And I recently rewatched All In. And while All In's not like the greatest wrestling show ever, being a part of that crowd would have been awesome. And I've, I've got friends who were front row uh, for Evolution. 
and they said it was like one of the best nights of wrestling they've ever seen so like that would also have been really good and again to be part of that crowd like that's kind of the things i'm i'm thinking of the moment whenever i think of this question is that crowd atmosphere speaking so, like, of crowd atmosphere then mania when uh brock beat taker and ended his streak yeah. imagine being in the crowd for that one i think that would yeah. have been a really good one to be there just for that totally. specific moment uh, Jobber JJ says, hello, Team Danuk. After this week's version of Nitro, WWE's Nitro, um, how does WWE rebuild uh, uh, everything that's been ruined? And how does WWE get good? Uh, uh, how does it get goodwill with the fans? And how long do you think it'll take to regrow the audience they've lost? Have a nice day. Jam that jam. This is, uh, at this point, Jobber, because we've had this question, uh, you know, many, many times on, on the Mailbag Show. I don't know is the answer. Like, I, I don't know what, to do i think the wrestling has at this point in time hit a ceiling i think there is a ceiling of what wrestling fans will watch and how many wrestling fans there are that are willing to watch and you know watch a three-hour show every single week you know if you're not because like really my first answer would be get rid of that third hour i think we've hit a ceiling on how many wrestling fans we can get to watch this show unless something just catches fire in a mainstream way I don't think there's anything that WWE can really do because they're trying things. They're trying like pushing Drew, they're trying to make star of him. They brought back Roman Reigns and turned him heel, which is what the fans have wanted him to do. They've introduced this new heel group. I, I, I don't know what the answer is at this point. I have a new answer for you. Adding everything that you just said and everything that we've mentioned in terms of consistency and you know building young stars and new stars and all of those faces. What I want to see is a difference in the in-ring work because I feel everyone is doing the exact same thing. And I want to see a variation. I want to expect different types of matches from different types of guys. And I don't want to see the same matches over and over again. I want to see different things because that's honestly the major difference that I've been noticing because it's like, NXT has a similar flow to New Japan where it's like match, match, match. Okay, but how come it's easier for me to watch a New Japan show than it is an NXT show sometimes? Because I feel that they offer more variety in terms of you're going to expect something different from each and every single match depending on the guys that are in the ring. And then sometimes you don't always get that with like an NXT or an AEW or, you know, so on. I feel that you have to add more variation in terms of what the guys are doing in the ring. I think that's a really, really good answer. Um, Max Campbell, do you think we'll ever see Tony Khan as an on-screen authority figure in AEW? Uh, I'm going to say no on this one. Uh, I think he said in interviews before that he doesn't want to be an on-screen character, but you know, there's always every chance that he could be. I don't think it suits him. I don't think he would be a character like Vince McMahon. That definitely would not suit him whatsoever but I do think he will be an on-screen character someday. Never say never, like an, like an authority. He will definitely be there at some point. I, I can see it. The American Dadass Jesse Long says, um, do you think that Retribution were purposely made to come off as dumb? Can't help but feel that this table is what an old white person like Vince McMahon sees and thinks of Antifa protesters with the masks, uh, mask-wearing vandals that want to upend the status quo. Do you think that they were given stupid names and bad promo material as some sort of out-of-touch statements on vocal liberals? Uh, Jesse, this question has been posed to us quite a few times in Super Chats and stuff. I'm going to say no. I think that WWE think Retribution is cool. I think they think they have got cool names. I think they've got a cool look. I think they think it's a cool stable. 
I agree with you. Plus, you also notice, given some of the verbiage that they use in their promos, it's some of the certain same ones you're hearing from the other guys. So I feel like I don't think that they were necessarily trying to make it a flop. You wouldn't go into all of this effort of getting all of these people to come in and do retribution. You wouldn't go and damage all of these properties if you were thinking you weren't at least putting a little bit of, you know, effort in there. Yeah. I genuinely think that they think it's cool. Iraqli um, says, what is your favorite women's match of all time? For me, it's Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai from TakeOver Toronto. It is Banks and Bailey, Brooklyn won. That is my answer. Nice. It's, oh man, I cry every time I watch it. It's, it's a beautiful match and it's a beautiful, I, 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 every, every, oh, Denise, everything about that match is perfect. The video package is perfect. The entrances are perfect. The match is perfect. The ending is perfect. Oh, it's, it's great. I, I'm getting teary just thinking about it. <laughs> you really hyped it up, man. You really hyped it up. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch. I remember really match. enjoying I yeah, I remember really that was my favorite Charlotte match, my favorite Becky match. So I'm just gonna go with my favorite woman's match, period. Absolutely. I mean, when I uh interviewed you for the actually good video we did on Charlotte Flair, like I interviewed you and Sean and Alex and DS Shin, all four of you said the same match. Which is did like, we really? Charlotte, yeah, what's your favorite Charlotte Flair match? All four of you said versus Becky Lynch at Evolution was was just amazing. I it, it it was it was one of the times where I was just like yeah we did it <laughs> we uh, we I wasn't in the match but just like for woman's sake I was proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> you were there, Denise. Yes. Uh, Nate's um, name says, "Hey, Team Danuk, um, brought a friend of mine to Dynamite this week who'd never had any experience at a wrestling show, never really watched much of it. The extent of her experience and knowledge was basically the show Glow, which is a great show, by the way. She actually had a great time and she loved it. She said there is a hundred percent chance she's going to come back for another show and try and drag all of her co-workers along too. I think we're looking at one of the upcoming." anniversary shows as the next one not sure there's a question in there but i believe the question of what's the best way to introduce wrestling to someone who has def uh, has definitely been answered take them to an aew dynamite show uh, i'm sure it has nothing to do with it being the first show of any kind of uh, for months that made it more fun and exciting as always thank you so much for your coverage and consistent content support each other so like la a last of a question more of just a statement um take fans to go see aew dynamite so nate has been he's been at the uh, the daily's place tapings uh giving us like live coverage on the grounds um, nice. so yeah yeah, go to AEW shows. Don't ever take a date or anyone to a non-good wrestling show or some place that you've never, like a new promotion. I did that one time. I took an ex oh, yeah. to, a, I'm not going to say where, but I took him to the show and it was awful. He was bored. I was, it was awful, like in my opinion. And I was embarrassed that I was, oh, that I was no. claiming that this was so great. And I brought this x and he was not enjoying the show and i was embarrassed oh dearie me <laughs> um yeah like a friend of mine was going to be going to mania this year with his wife like it was going to be their um and like their honeymoon basically their sort of like delayed honeymoon they were going to go to wrestlemania she's not a wrestling fan and i suddenly thought to myself I was like oof that's a long show like i'm sure that yeah. like my buddy's really excited to go but oof that's a that's a long old show for someone who's not a wrestling fan um and lastly, Stephen Galside says, um, long-time listener, first-time Patreon member. Does anyone know the best way to watch WWE Network with friends? Now, I know that we're heading for at least a few more months of lockdown. I'm keen to try and watch some old pay-per-views with friends online. Having recently become a Patreon, listening to the back catalog of the Rest Talk Extra podcast of older events, it's really getting my appetite going. I know you can do it natively, like Netflix, for example. Um, you can't do it natively, like Netflix. Um, is there an easy way of doing it, or is it just sharing your 
your screen through something like uh, Teams or Zoom? Is there a better option? I haven't watched the network with anybody but myself. So I'm going to say maybe the share screen, but I haven't done it myself, though. So I, I don't know on this one. Yeah, I think probably the only thing I could think of is to just like try and get yourself synced up. So like if you're watching, um, you know, if you're watching separately the network and you don't want to do the share screen because that is going to lose a lot of the quality of the screen that you're watching is also I think it's illegal um, is just to just get yourself synced up. Uh, I mean, that's what we do when we watch it for the live streams is we just before the show starts, we basically just find a sync point. Um, it's helpful during the, if there's a pre-show because they've got a countdown timer. And yeah, just try to get yourself in sync there and then have your call on Zoom or, or Google Meets or whatever it is that you're using. That's, that's probably the best suggestion I've got. Denise, we had some emails in about last week's uh, topic talking about um, Hershey's and UK snacks. And Did we really? We did indeed. Um, so Wilfred, the writer, said, hey, the Rust Talk team uh, on the Friday podcast, um, they were talking about Hershey's and why Brits don't like them. The reason is, is because it contains bitric acid, which makes chocolates last longer. While it does make the chocolate last longer, it makes the chocolate taste like vomit for Europeans. What? Yeah, I apparently so. Apparently there's like there's been studies done about why because it it doesn't taste like traditional European chocolate. And it has this sort of like, it's got this taste to it that our taste buds aren't used to. And that's why Brits and Europeans don't like Hershey's chocolate. No, I'm blown away. I had no idea that there was an actual scientific reasoning behind this. I thought this was just you being picky. I was like, you're just being picky. You just don't like Hershey's kisses. But you taste like puke afterwards? No. Oh, no, no, they taste like puke while you're eating. Oh, while you're eating them. Yeah. Oh, it's I like can't imagine that. I can't yeah. believe it. So wait, are they using different ingredients or is it just that you guys are not used to that taste? That's exactly what I think it is. I think it's our taste buds aren't used to it. And so it's it's got like a yeah, it, it, it tastes very, very weird to us. We don't have products that have that that acid in them to make things last longer. So yeah, there you so go. Scientifically maybe, proven. So maybe if you just keep eating them, eventually your taste buds will get used to it and then you'll be a Hershey's Kisses lover. But Denise, do I want to like train myself to like eating something that tastes like vomit? Yes, you do. You know what? That's it. That's our prerequisite for this friendship. If it's gonna last, you gotta eat Hershey's Kisses until <laughs> until until it doesn't taste like puke anymore. Okay, uh, I will. I will. Oh, I say I'll do this if you could do the same thing for Kit Kats. But I'm not that passionate about oh, Kit Kats. I'm not God. passionate enough about Kit Kats to make that work. Um, <laughs> And Aaron Griffiths has um, suggested some UK-only snacks for us to send across. Um, he said you can go to Tesco's and get three uh, for Walmart 20 peanuts, a Kit Kat junkie. This will make Denise change her mind on Kit Kats. A white Kinder Bueno and a mint Aero. Do you get um, Do you get Kinder bars over in the US? Those are the little the ones that do the the little white eggs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get those, uh, the eggs. I don't know. I think maybe the bars. I'm not too sure, actually, on the bars. And arrows? Arrows? Never heard of it. Oh, Is it a popular arrow. candy? Oh, I love an arrow. A mint arrow, yeah. It's like bubbly chocolate. It's lovely. Oh, um, is it like a York? Do you guys have Yorks? No, we get Yorkie, but not Yorks. Okay, we get Yorks, and they're like chocolate with like mint inside, and I like those. They're really good. Mm. You may like a mint arrow then. Um, yeah, and a great suggestion here of um, 
crisps to get prawn cocktail crisps and uh, lamb and mint and uh, some kettle chip uh, some sour cream kettle chips as well pretty good it's the best five pound 40 you'll ever spend apparently so thank you very much aaron for that yeah prawn cocktail crisp is an absolute must well, what's a prawn cocktail have you, okay so prawn cocktail it was a very very popular starter <laughs> dish like in the uk in the 70s it's um it's basically prawns in a mary rose sauce which is like uh, it's like ketchup and mayonnaise and it's it's like this sort of pink sauce when you obviously you get that and you have that with lettuce people used to serve it in wine glasses because it makes it look very fancy very very popular in the 70s wait i'm gonna sound really dumb right now but what is a prawn (laughs) (laughs) we're going way back here okay i was like what's a prawn cocktail what's a prawn i don't know what that is is it like fish yeah, it's a fish. You get prawns, right? You know, I get like deep fried like prawns at, at Chinese restaurants and stuff. No, I don't. I, I've never gotten that in my life before. Is it like shrimp? Yes. I'm, I, oh, it may be that it's okay because it sounds like a shrimp type of thing, but I've never actually had it, and I don't know anybody who's ever like said, "Hey, Denise, you should have a prawn. It's so good." <laughs> it's so not they- very common. <laughs> So there are differences between shrimps and prawn. I've literally just Googled uh, shrimp okay. and prawn. They are very similar, but they're two different animals. But apparently they do taste very, very similar. They're, they're often uh, used interchangeably and understandably so. So yeah. See, Basically, I'm a yeah, very like a, picky eater, shrimp. so. Yeah, yeah I, like, like, like I'm like super picky. Oh, sorry? Do you, like, do you like shrimps? Shrimp I like. Fish I do not like. And I can eat crab. I do not like lobster. But I'm very, very picky with food in general. And I'm even pickier with seafood. I don't do fish and chips. I don't do like clam chowder soup. I don't do like, I don't know, whatever else has fish in it. I can't do it. Hmm. I feel like fish and chips, man. Is it the batter or is it the fish itself? It's just the fact that it has the word fish in it. And I know there's <laughs> fish in it. <laughs> I told you I'm a picky eater. Like I cannot even like begin to tell you how picky of an eater I am. You're, are you a picky thing. eater? I, I'm not really a picky eater. Like for years, I didn't like mushrooms uh, and I would push mushrooms to the side of my plate. But now like uh, it's turning 30. I've kind of, I've now really like, I don't really like mushrooms, but I like mushrooms more. And I really like olives now. That's my no- other thing that I've like really Same gotten into thing. in my 30s. Yeah. Yes. I think our taste buds are along the same lines there because I was the same with mushrooms and olives. Yeah, it's the same thing. And now I'm starting to drink my coffee black. I think my my taste buds are basically starting to get dying, essentially. I used to have like (laughs) vanilla lattes and now now I can't drink it. It's too sweet. I'm not there yet. You're alone on that one. I'm not there yet. If it don't have sugar and it don't have like creamer, I'm not interested in coffee. Um, and this one comes in from Deke, who says, Hi, Luke and Denise. I'm a subscriber to your channel since January 2017, but this is my first email. I started watching wrestling in 2009, and I'm a fan since that time, but I've never watched the good old days of wrestling in the 90s and the 2000s. So now I've got some free time. I'd like to watch some old school wrestling. Or should I watch movies and TV shows and sitcoms since I can't speak English pretty good uh, as it's my fir- third language? I'm 23 years old from Somalia, which a lot of shows like Friends, The Office, That 70s Show, Breaking Bad, Good Place, uh, Three Seasons of The Walking Dead. Um, now I'm watching Freaks and Geeks since I've heard that on the podcast and I'm enjoying it. Take care. Love you all. That's from Deke uh, from Somalia. So yes. So would you recommend like old wrestling shows or like a TV show or a movie that he may not have seen before from that period of time? 
there's 24 hours in the day. You can definitely do both and you can learn different types of English from the shows and different types of English from wrestling. I think I would say definitely do both. Yeah. Uh, I, if I'm going to recommend a TV show, it's only because I'm watching, uh, re-watching at the moment. Buffy's great. Like we are like, <laughs> we're nearing the end of series three and it's been brilliant. The first series is like fine. It's the first series or something. It's Monster of the Week type stuff. Second season is awesome. There were like so many shows that at the end of it, I just turned to my wife and was like, that episode was brilliant. That was a proper thumbs up episode. We watched an episode of a season three last night where I was like, that was fan I swore. I found effing-tastic. It was so, so good. <laughs> You're making me want to watch it now. And I'd, I've never seen it. But right now I'm re-watching uh, Sister, Sister. Did you ever watch uh, Sister, Sister? Yeah, loved Sister, Sister. Uh, I'm re-watching oh, it. Yes. Go home, Roger. Yes, I have so many. Like, it's weird, though, because I have, like, that used to be my show back in the day, you know, back in my little girl days. And I'm re-watching it, and I have so many memories of, like, my, I remember my thoughts when I was watching that show or that scene for the first time. And it freaked me out. Like it freaked me out because like I didn't, they were obviously older than me. I was still younger when I watched the show and I didn't know anything about like boys or relationships or high school. And I remember like my thoughts that I had, it, it's freaky. I don't know. It tripped me out. Like knowing that I know everything now, but the last time I watched it, I didn't know anything then. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I, we had, I used to watch sister, sister. Cause I think I, pretty sure on the bbc it aired like back to back it was sister sister and keenan and kel i think they used to air those back to back and i loved keenan and kel i, I never keenan watched that just... one. Oh, dude i thought it was so funny when i was a kid i thought it was so so good i am a good burger fan i think good burger is hilarious i didn't even know it was a sketch because we didn't get the sketch show but like you know the um yeah the good burger yeah yeah, but, yeah, I didn't, I, I, but I don't really know that brand that well, so. No, I, I had no idea that it came from like a sketch show thing that they did. Like, you know, there's like that kid's SNL thing. I just thought it was like, Keenan and Kel have done a movie and this is the movie that they've done. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, No, I, don't, I didn't really, I wasn't too familiar with them. Well, that is all we've got time for. I'll let you get on. Obviously, with the rest of your day, it's basically the end of your day now. It's time for you to go to bed, mate. Uh, yes. But it's... <laughs> It's always wonderful to hang out with you. Um, again, tell the people where they can find you. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Boom on the money. Perfect. Uh, get in your email questions to the uh, uh, the podcast mailbag, the pod bag. Uh, that's support at wrestletalk.com. Give us an email. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be doing the SmackDown review with Pete tomorrow because Randy is on holiday, which will be a lot of fun. And we've got Clash of Champions reactions coming up this Monday. Thank you all for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Wrestle Talk, bro!